You guys, I am so excited for this conversation today. It's one of my really good friends and uh, we're honestly so much alike. And there's just people that you will come across in your path and in your journey that, you know, are, are like being around them, their energy is inspiration. And who I'm bringing on today is Daniel Mason Jones. And the title of it is going to be to set back to millions. But once you guys hear his story and know where his heart is and what his purpose is and his mission, I know that listening to this podcast, you are going to leave so inspired. And he's going to be leaving us some tips on how we can move our life forward, how we can change things and how we can elevate our current life to to get us maybe not to millions, but to get us to our success and to overcome some setbacks maybe that we have in our life. So today, um, Daniel, I'll read out his formal bio. He's a passionate entrepreneur. He's a hairstylist. He's a coach. He teaches business, social media tricks, and life lessons all across the world. Um, and how do people to be their best self? I really see Daniel as someone that has two distinct you know, things in his business. One, he teaches other hairstylists to run their business and do it successfully. And he authentically does that as well. He's a hairstylist. He owns a salon and he has employees and he does it really, really well. And beyond under all those layers is just a pretty amazing human being that I am honored to interview. So Daniel, thank you so much for being on here and having this conversation with me. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is long overdue. I know we talked about doing this a long time ago. So here we are. Um, yes. Excited to bring the world some inspiration because right now we need it. We do. We do. We all need it. And, you know, I think right now we're all feeling it on a massive scale, but I think we all need inspiration all the time. Absolutely. And, and you know, Daniel, like that was like, th that was a formal bio. I want people to know, like, that you are amazing. You've obviously done amazing things in your career. And, but the more that I've gotten to know you, the more that I've gotten to your story, the more that I just gravitate to you. And I was actually about to say something um, before we started recording this. I'm like, nope, I'm not saying it. I'm saving it for here. Uh, you posted something the other day and it's like, make sure that it was something along the lines of, and I don't even know it uh, off the top of my head, but it was something about the people that can talk about success. It's because they've come from dark yes. places or tell me, tell me what exactly what that said. That, that quote was essentially around, around the parameters of pray for the people that pour into you because you don't understand what they've gone through to have the wisdom and knowledge they have. You know, so many times we look at people and I've been there in my life. I've looked at people different ways. And when I didn't understand, you know, life as it was, maybe I was young or naive. I looked at people in their success and maybe I would become jealous of that or I would have different feelings. And then once I put myself in the fire, and my boots on the ground working, I realized how much it really takes to become successful. And so, you know, people like you and I, we pour into people. That's what we do. A lot of people take that for granted that we just, we just automatically know this. We listen to podcasts, we read books and we're just, we're naturally inspired. And that's not always the case. I know you and I have had some pretty amazing conversations in past where, you know, our childhoods have brought us to where we are today. And you know, we have to look and celebrate the lives of all of those people to see the ones that are really making it happen. They have a story. So tell us about your story. I think this is, this is just so interesting to me. I love it. Well, it's a long one, so <laughs> <laughs> I won't take everybody's day, but you know, I grew up in South Carolina, uh, long and short of all of this. I grew up in a, in an amazing home. My parents, hardworking blue collared people. Uh, my mom still puts everything that she has out there. Um, monetarily, we had nothing, but spiritually and uh, emotionally, I feel like we had a lot. 
Of course, as a kid, I looked at success as money. You know, I thought that if someone had a nice car or a nice home, that defined success. I remember, you know, just a couple of things that happened in my childhood. I spent the night with one of my friends in 11th grade and uh, they had stairs in their house. And I was like, wow, <laughs> these people have stairs. You must have really made it in life. I'd never seen a house with stairs. And uh, it was simple things like that that really pushed me to become who I am today. And, you know, I believe it was Warren Buffett that said, if you hang out with five millionaires, guess what? You're going to become the sixth. And so when you hang out with people that have visions maybe bigger than yours, you can't help but to gravitate to them and become bigger and better. So I certainly did that. Um, I grew up in a super religious environment. I don't, I don't discredit that at all. It was, it was great for what it was. I had a lot of life lessons. Um, we were, we were pretty uh, rigid with our beliefs, no television, all sorts of things. And uh, for a moment, I kind of resented that. Now as an adult, I'm kind of running away from television again. I'm like, my goodness, you know, if it doesn't feed your heart and soul in a positive way, we have to walk away from it. And uh, so I, in, when I was in um, middle school and high school, I worked in a funeral home and I did my internships in South Carolina and Georgia. I went to college to become a funeral director and embalmer. I always joke and say my deceased looked amazing, which led me into the beauty industry. But um, there was a lot of struggles that happened throughout all of this. I was excommunicated from my family, the church, um, for going to college. Uh, there was a lot of things that happened. None of those were sad moments. All these were things that were going to eventually allow me to shine and step into the leadership role in life that I was called to do. You know, I think it's so important as we go through this journey of life that we understand that God or whatever you believe in has put us here to serve people in a bigger purpose. And can we can we stop right there for a moment? But of course. But but how hard was it in those moments? Like I feel like I have dealt with those huge life altering change moments. And from the outside, people are just seeing the movements. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily see the daily things you're talking about. You know, was it hard to leave all those things to, to like, yeah. to change, like to really like let go and like, you know, what do you want to punch the ear in the face and just, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I think that's hard, right? It was really rough. You know, when I was in this situation, there was a lot, you know, I grew up with a, a lot of struggles in my life as, as everybody does. And, um, there were quote unquote demons that I had to battle my whole life. Of course, I was I was born different from most of the people that I was around. Being a gay man in the South, growing up in a super rigid environment, there was a lot of obstacles that I had to overcome there. Um, there were moments of um, getting pretty close to trying to take my own life because I didn't feel that I belonged. And, you know, we look at our children now and as I'm raising a child, I want to make sure that I'm constantly pouring into him and letting him know that he is perfectly and wonderfully made. And uh, no matter what he is or who he is, as long as he is a kind, compassionate human, he's good. And so, yeah, when I was in those moments, it was absolutely terrible. The day that I came to Atlanta, Georgia, I was 19 and uh, I actually lived in a funeral home. I actually joke about that. I lived in the funeral home and that probably was what saved me. And as I had been shunned from our, our community and church uh, for making the decision to go to college, I had nowhere to turn. And so... I stepped into that life and um, luckily I gravitated toward amazing people yet again. I was absolutely broken, but here's the deal, Christy. I tell you, anytime I'm teaching classes, I, there's only two ingredients that will give you the perfect recipe for success. And number one would be inspiration. You either have to be incredibly inspired to move forward or you have to be desperate. And for me in that situation, I was desperate. And I knew that for the first time in my life, I needed to make myself proud. I had lived my life trying to please everyone else at that point. 
and I knew that I needed to do something great for myself. Academically, I wasn't gifted. Um, when it came to a lot of things, I, I didn't succeed. I didn't excel in those things. I've always had an incredible work ethic and I've always cared for people. And so those were the things that really helped push me to where I am today. As I started moving on through my uh, training in college and then ultimately deciding that I no longer wanted to work in the funeral industry, and I did get into the hair side, the, the hair industry and really <laughs> create my life. I remember the first day that I walked into a hair salon, I was like, this is where I belong. People were happy. There was a lot of hugs going on. It was just a really incredible energy. And at the end of the day, the, the basic need that I had in my soul was I needed to serve people. And I saw what was happening in the chairs as the stylists would interact with their customers. They were making people happy. They were bringing happiness. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And uh, having a little bit of an artistic flair, I was like, this is going to be the road that I'm going to take. And so I did that and um, I could not afford, it's kind of funny, I couldn't afford to go to beauty school and I certainly couldn't ask my family. Now, when I, when I talked about my family earlier, I come from a family where the women are forbidden to cut their hair. They don't color their hair, so they're, they're pretty modest. And um, so I served my internship and ultimately became a hairstylist. And my first year as a hairstylist, I was able to generate a six-figure income which was pretty impressive because in our industry, I know a lot of people are going to be listening that aren't familiar with the hair world, but the uh, traditional hairstylist in the United States averages somewhere between eighteen and $22,000 a year. So this was 19 years ago that I, I generated 117000 within my first seven months of being a stylist. And I kept just using those same systems and, and methods over and over until I pushed myself into over a million dollars a year behind the chair. And then you know, just like yourself, we're, we're creative people. We're Aries. I love that about both of us. <laughs> um, I wanted to create multiple streams of revenue. And so I started becoming a coach. I became an educator. Um, I created a couple of programs where people would come train with me. Now I have online education classes. So you have to keep pivoting and finding new ways, especially now, you know, we're, we're in a quarantine situation that we have a pandemic happening. And for my industry in particular, we have been crippled. And so now I'm trying to figure out what is the next step for me? And and I know we're going to get really deep into some bold conversations and a little bit um, in this interview. So, but yeah, we just have to be inspired constantly and surround ourselves with amazing people. So I, I just, so you guys, if you don't know kind of my story, so I was also in the creative industry. I was a wedding photographer and then I started pivoting and started teaching other entrepreneurs, like Daniel and I story aligns so, so much. And then, you know, our upbringing is so, so much. Um, but you know, I think that the hard thing that we have to realize, like being our personalities is we have to constantly be aware of change, of pivot, of moving our lives forward. And I think it's hard when you become a, I, um, a, I hate the word, but when you become an influencer, when you start having a platform, when you start yes. saying something, it you also develop haters. Oh, of and I also think that the older we get, the more life happens. It's also easy to like the mind game, right? Our own mindset gets affected. So we have these people that that hate us, and we'll also we can start doubting ourselves and figuring out what to do, how to pivot. You know, so like you said, it's constantly pivoting. It's moving our life forward. So I think we all feel this on some level. And I'm going to say this. I've said it a million times, but we all have the ability to influence. I hate the word influencers. I hate the word but like having do. a 
have the platform, but if you have one person that follows you, if you have one person that is in your network of people that you're going to come in contact with, you have the ability to lead and influence that person today. So what would you say to someone that has haters or to someone that's like having self-doubt? What would you tell someone? Well, I I think it would be a fair statement to know that we all have self-doubt. Even the people that portray themselves to be bold and confident, I think those are probably sometimes the most bruised. Um, When it comes to having haters, you know, (laughs) I kind of laugh at it. I, I have to always think of Jesus and he had haters and he did wonderful things while he was here on earth. And so you're going to have haters, right? It's, it's okay. A lot of times people that uh, hate or try to pick apart people, these are people that are typically they're they're either living in a broken place. Maybe they suffer from jealousy. Um, You know, I don't think it comes from a place of malice. A lot of times I do feel that these people just, they want to be where other people are. I always, I think there's a quote that's something like haters are really your super secret fans. And um, so, yeah, these are people that want to be like you and they can't figure out how to do it. So they just decide to take you down or try to take you down. And I think it's terrible that, that people live in that sort of uh, anguish and turmoil in their, in their own lives. I've been asked many times with social media, you know, what happens if someone comes after you on social media Have you had that? Have you had that happen? I mean, I have. Have you had that? Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it happens, it really, it really happens. Yeah. (laughs) I had someone attack me um, back probably March. I did a big Zoom call. There was probably, it was like 2,500 people on the call and everybody's feedback was incredible except for this one guy. And he went through social media and just, I mean, he had a filled day and, um, I couldn't understand why he had the feelings that he had. And the statement that I made was, was so innocent. Literally people were asking me, what do you do to stay positive? And I said, you know, for me personally, I don't, I don't gravitate toward the news. That's just me personally. Everybody has to get their inspiration or their inspiration or their, their news or whatever, stay informed their own way. But for me personally, I don't like it. And uh, I would go and read news articles that were from Harvard or Yale or some of the big medical facilities to hear about the virus. I didn't want to hear it from um, politicians. I didn't want to hear it from news anchors. It just simply scares me. And I was, so I made the joke. I was like, for me, what I do to stay happy is I watch two to three episodes of the Golden Girls <laughs> every night. And for whatever reason, it sent this guy completely over edge. And um, he was like, how dare you misinform and mislead people to not watch the news? And I was like, I didn't. I'm just saying this is what I do to keep my happy. You do what you need to do. But I think my point was proven uh, when it comes to happiness and bitterness um, for those that focus on certain things. So um, what I did was I, I messaged him back. I said, thank you so much for your feedback. I really value that. As a public speaker and as the word you and I both hate, <laughs> influencer, Um, I understand fully that I could never make 100% of people happy, but as long as I'm making some people happy, I'm fulfilling my purpose. And so, you know, I leave it alone because those kind of people, you can't ration with them. You know, one of the quotes that I absolutely love and I remind myself daily is high emotion equals low intelligence. So when people have high emotion, they're in a very low state of intelligence. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn to control your emotions. And I've, yes. I've heard the, you know, you've, we've all probably heard this, but like healed people, heal people, broken people, break people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of times we just have to have grace for those people. And it's just important to keep our mindset, knowing our purpose and knowing our direction. Um, 
And I think you're 100% right. Like we have the ability to control our routines, control our schedules yep. and control what we're consuming. So to your point, I'm the same way. I don't like the negative energy. So I, I am very careful about what I'm consuming. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I'm staying informed in the ways that I want to stay informed, but I'm yep. 100% the same way. I don't want it to control my day. And so much of my routines has been overall overhauled with like life. So I think that's, that's really good advice. We are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, Start Planner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. With that being said, you know, you are a leader, Daniel, like you are a leader in your industry. You're a leader to your employees. Like I have been in your salon. People look up to you. Um, you know, what does a leader mean to you? A leader is someone who, well, first of all, I believe that every single human being is a leader. You're leading some sort of experience. Now, you may lead small or you may lead big, but we're all leading. So, you know, if if a, there's a lady that identifies as a housewife, she's leading her home, especially with children um, or maybe even a man that's leading in his home. So we all are leading something, you know, at some point in capacity. For me, I'm leading my salon, my team. I'm leading our customers. And I found that right now leadership has never been more important. And I heard Andy Stanley say in an interview the other week, he said that you cannot over communicate as a leader. So I think our jobs as a leader is we have to be in constant communication. We have to really drive forward the message. A, a leader, what we do is we're going to take people where they've never been before. And right now I can tell you as a leader, I'm taking salons and stylists and people that are in my industry and even outside of my industry I'm helping coach them and navigate through social media processes, creating bigger branding messages for who they are as a business, because look, every business is changing right now. So leadership is something that I, I do it every day with conviction. I try to do it with grace. There are certainly days that I fail, but I feel like as a leader, we have such an uh, incredible- You don't fail, you learn. <laughs> yeah, we, or if you do fail, do it forward at least. Yes. But we're, we're constantly learning. And Absolutely. There's been moments, you know, I didn't even know how to handle my salon closing. We have almost 70 employees inside of there. How can I keep them afloat? You know, I wanted to make sure that they they may, were able to maintain their insurance coverage while they were away. I wanted to make sure they got their unemployment. The ones that didn't qualify, I made sure that they had money, whether that was Venmoing or whatever I needed to do. So a leader is going to rise to the occasion. And I do believe that true leaders should lead with heart but we should always do it with grace and a leader should always one of the biggest things any of us that are leading right now is we have to have plan a b and c in place you know what if our businesses close again what if the economy collapses what if and how can we sustain and still keep our cultures our businesses and our teams employed as we navigate through this so leadership is something that we have to constantly be ready for and you know stay prepared at all times as a leader. I, com I completely agree. Um, so, you know, I, I, the, the title is from setback to millions. You've obviously done very well. Um, I'm curious, does, you know, as you said, when you grew up, 
success to you equaled money. Is that the same or what no. does success mean to you now? <laughs> it's absolutely not the same. It's really funny how perception and perspective come into play. So once I started making a nice living and was able to sustain livelihood the way that I wanted to, I realized that the more things you have, the more stress you have. And so we recently just unloaded one of our properties down on 30A um, near Rosemary Beach because I was like, you know what? The beaches are closed. It was a rental property. Granted, it was an incredible property and it, it generated a lot of money. I was like, I need to unload this. What if we go into a hurricane season? What if the beaches are closed again? I just didn't want that additional stress, you know, having a company, having our, our home here, you know, just multiple things. I was like, I need to start getting rid of some of this stuff. It just doesn't make sense um, to have one more thing to worry about. I look at my mom last year. I'll give you this quick story. She was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And when we, we found out that's what it was, we had a conversation I said, oh, mom, I'm so sorry. And she goes, honey, it's fine. It's just a brain tumor. And that was how she approached it. And every day I would call her. She had to go through treatment every single day. I would call her. Hey, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm fine. I'm a little tired, but I'm fine. And so one day she goes, son, I need you. To, you can call me anytime you would like, but I need you to take the topic off of this brain tumor. I'm tired of talking about it. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. And I need you to understand something. I need you to understand that I'm finding joy in the journey. Now, this woman doesn't have anything, anything. And uh, all the fun luxuries that you and I have, she doesn't have any of those things. She's so happy and grateful. And so I took her for her, her last scan. Um, and she, in her mind, she already knew that the tumor was going to be dead. And uh, she walked in and of course, everybody jumps to their feet when she walks in They're like, oh my gosh, Francis is so good to see you. They're hugging her. And uh, I was like, mom knows everybody in this clinic. And um, she says, see, son, I told you I found joy in the journey. And the receptionist, as she was walking around, the receptionist pulled me aside and she says, I just want to tell you how big of a blessing your mother is. She literally, the days that she physically couldn't drive herself home because she would drive herself to treatment every day, um, the days that she couldn't drive, she would stay here in the office a little bit longer. And she would walk around from chair to chair and she would sit beside the sick patients, no matter what their age was. And she would introduce herself and ask them, could she pray for them? And so that to me is wealth. That is success. When you're able to touch the hearts and lives of others in your deepest pain or in your biggest struggle, that is success and that is wealth. It's nice to have all the other things, but I realized I don't have what my mom has. Like, and, and I mean, Daniel, like I can't even with that. I mean, I hope your mom gets to hear this episode. I hope she gets to hear because that right there and her spirit and, and translating and what she did was control her mind. Yes, exactly. 100%. She looked for the joy in the mess. Yeah. And sometimes in the mess is where you find the joy. That's because sometimes exactly. in the darkness, you learn to see the light. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've learned. And, um, I, I need your mother's address. I'm going to send her a card. I'm not kidding. Like I am just, <laughs> I, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that was a, a very pri personal and private thing. Um, but your mother is, you're exactly right. She is wealthy. She is successful. And um, it's, I am it's truly unbelievable how she lives her life. I could tell you a million stories, but um, yeah, she's, she's a woman of, of grace and hope and she truly walks the walk. And I think that's so amazing, but I can tell you she's, she's much more wealthy than I am. Well, well, I don't know about that. Don't think of yourself as less. She just sees, she's a 
Her perspective's different. Her wisdom's different. And she was meant to be your mom to teach you these things. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like she was meant for all of these conversations and all of this was divinely aligned. I I believe that. Yeah. Um, For her to have her purpose and for her to have, you know, for, for you to be a shining thing through her. Yeah. That's her purpose. It's kind of amazing. Well, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, so the last thing I want to, to talk about is, you know, I'm big on planning. You just talked about it. Plan A, yes. plan B, plan C. So you are as well. Um, so what do you think is one thing that is vital for people that are wanting to plan for success, that is wanting to overcome a setback? You know, that's awesome. And your planner is amazing, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> to, to be able to write it down, you know, I think to have a safe place before I used to take post-it notes and I would have stuff all over the place. So to be able to put everything in one centralized location is amazing. Um, that way you can hold yourself accountable. And I do believe that we still need to write it down. I love technology as, as much as the next person, but to write it down makes it a little more, um, to me, real. But to really be able to organize your thoughts and your goals, you know, I think all of us should have our short-term goals and our long-term goals written down in front of us. And for me, and I know that you believe the same way, there's no goal that's too big. And I remember, you know, going back to the millions, I remember thinking I wanted to generate a million dollars that year as a stylist. I was like, how can I do it? So I started doing the math and the numbers. And I was like, essentially, if I work three more hours a week, I can generate what I need to. I need to hire one more associate to help me out. And I'm going to do this. And that's exactly what I did. So we have to plan everything that we do. Um, you know, some people will start on their plan. If we were to ask people right now, did you have a goal for 2020? <laughs> <laughs> and some people, you know, I've, I've heard some funny comments or uh, quotes about how people are going to come out of this either. Uh, I, f- I forgot what it is, but either you're going to come out of the quarantine buff or obese <laughs> or mentally challenged or prepared, whichever one it is. It it comes down to planning. And so being able to strategize, you know, maybe it's going to be Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that you post on Facebook, Instagram. Maybe it's Tuesdays and Thursdays that you do podcasts. Or maybe if you lead small group, that's going to be one day a week. Or whatever it is that you're doing, you need to have everything strategized because otherwise you're going to look at this big mess. It's like a cyclone coming at you and you don't accomplish anything. I, I can tell you, even for myself, there's times that I will sit down at my computer and I'm going to start recording a podcast or I'm going to start working on social media planning or reach out to people that need help, you know, reach out to me on social. And I go down a rabbit hole. And the next thing I know is I'm watching YouTube videos on how to cook, which mind you, I don't cook. And so I've wasted all of this time. So you have to have a clear plan in place to move you forward. I know for me, I, I lost a lot of revenue this year. In fact, I'm down probably about 60% in revenue. And luckily I planned in advance, but as an educator and speaker, I'm not traveling every weekend anymore. Inside my salon, I'm not able to book the way that we were with the regulations and guidelines. So I'm not willing to go backwards. So now I'm navigating and writing down what I need to do to move forward and, and hopefully even work less hard and just be smarter about it. So planning is truly everything. Well, I think that's the whole point. And, um, Planning is something that you do, but you have to be, like you said, open to pivot, open to that plan A, B, and C. And that's the thing. It's constantly pivoting, constantly replanning. And Daniel, you know, a lot of us are feeling the weight as far as revenues down and just pivoting. I think that going back to just tying this all back together, let's let's revert back to your mom. Like 2020 is not canceled. 
Um, I think that there's, there's, there's joys in this journey and joys in this years and lessons. And maybe it's the year that we're all meant to have to yeah. pivot, to figure out what's important and to make those changes so that we can plan to move our life forward in the direction of purpose and happiness and exactly alignment of where we're, we're meant to be. I fully agree with that. There's joy in the journey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel, tell them where they can find you, find you online, on your website, let everybody know. So I'm Daniel Mason Jones, and you can find me on any social platform at Daniel Mason Jones. I feel like I live more on Instagram. So at Daniel Mason Jones, I have a YouTube channel that is about to be populated a little bit more. Um, I don't just speak to hairdressers. So if you're someone that enjoys being inspired, or maybe even you like to look at hair every now and then, you can come follow me. But I always hope um, to inspire people through my message on this earth while I'm given the chance to be here. Well, thank you for taking steps daily to do that, because um, I know firsthand it's not always easy. Um, so thank you for being part of that, pouring into other people, because um, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And thank you. All right, you guys. Thanks, Daniel. And we will be back next week with another episode. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.